everybody. It is Chris Hutchinson along with my show partner, Katie Rogers. It is the 24th episode of the Katie and Me podcast show. So good to be back with you. Katie and I are still uh, doing this remotely via Zoom. So uh, take that into account when you're listening to production today. But Katie, as always, so great to see you. Welcome. uh, Welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Chris. It is wonderful to finally be back in this chair. I know it's been it's been a while. It's been kind of a crazy year. I uh, I've had some changes. I know you've had some changes, and so good to finally reconnect and and get some content pushed back out there. One of those changes that I've been through is actually going to be the topic of our show today, and we are going to cover the topic of divorce. I went through that over the course of the last year plus, and I know that that you've been through one as well. So an interesting topic, and I think there's a lot of angles on it. So uh, I'm excited to talk about it. And I know sa- saying things like being excited to talk about divorce sometimes <laughs> is a bit of an oxymoron, <laughs> but I do think that you know there's there's a lot of of information and a lot of subject matter that we can talk about around around divorce. Yeah, absolutely. It can be a really scary thing. And sometimes it's kind of taboo. So I think that this is a place where we should put that stuff out in the sunshine. Yeah, we've always kind of said, you know, what's something that people want to know about? And that's kind of been the the theme of of this podcast. And uh, having both been through it, um, it seems to make sense to talk a little bit about it. I'll kind of jump in um, and, and give some information before I get into like too much about the personal side. But so as as we're kind of preparing for the show, I, I was looking at some statistics, and one thing that kind of jumped out at me that I thought was really interesting was uh, on the CDC's website they had some statistics as it related to uh, marriage and marriage rates, and then also divorce and annulment rates in the United States from 2000 to 2020. And what to me was was interesting, you kind of hit the nail on the head here, that the topic of divorce is, is sometimes taboo and, and, and is deemed to be this you know negative thing. And in most cases, it is. But I also think that um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about why it isn't always necessarily so negative. But in digging up some of the these statistics, the the CDC highlighted the marriage and marriage rate in the United States from 2000 to 2020, and it's it's rate per 1,000 total population. And I won't get too technical, but what was interesting was that the rate per 1,000 total population for marriage in the U.S. in 2000 was 8.2. In 2020, it had dropped to 5.1. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was interesting was that data for Georgia was excluded in some of this data, as well as uh, data from Louisiana. The reason why I bring that up is you're seeing a trend here that that is showing that that marriage rate is going down. And I did not do a statistical analysis to to see if that 8.2 per per 1,000 was statistically significant compared to 5.1, but mm-hmm. it does definitely show a, a declining trend in marriage. To me, what was really interesting was in the divorce or annulment data, the rate in 2000, same metrics, was was, uh, 4.0 in 2000 for number of divorces and annulments, and it is 2.3 in uh, 2020. (laughs) However, that 2020 data excludes data from California, Hawaii, Indiana, 
Minnesota, and New Mexico. And nearly every other year in that 20-year time frame <laughs> has California out, as well as uh, either Georgia, Indiana, Hawaii, or some combination of those. Yeah, it's astounding how many of these states don't report divorces and annulments. And I wonder yeah. what the deal is behind that. If somebody knows, tell us. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. And like, it, there obviously was, you know, some state laws passed or, or something, you know, I, I would love to have been a fly on the wall for, for some of those state uh, law conversations. But to me, it's, you know, it shows that the, that the divorce rate uh, or the number of divorces is, is going down, but it's really not an apples to apples comparison because right. it's, it's excluding, you know, in some instances, six states of which California, if it was his own country would be like, the third the largest like <laughs> yeah. GDP in the world. So yeah. um, it just like, I just thought it was kind of ironic or funny that um, in looking at this data, even the CDC has been handcuffed a little bit in terms of, you know, accessibility of, of what's, what's really real out there. Yes. Yeah. I think that it's kind of amazing to me that this most basic information, like demographic information was not reported from so many places. Yeah, it, uh, it, I find that kind of interesting. And then I did my own little uh, poll on LinkedIn to collect some additional data. And it's a very limited sample size. I think it was probably like less than 25 people. But the question I asked was, uh, have you been through a divorce or do you know anyone that's been through a divorce? And it was overwhelmingly like- 90, I was going to say, yeah, you're like lying 90, if you don't know, know someone. <laughs> right. It was yeah. like 93 or 95% had you know either been through a divorce or knew someone that, that went through a divorce. And the reason, I mean, I knew that was going to be the answer, right? But the reason mm -hmm. why I asked that was, to your point, you know, it was so much more taboo. Uh, I just, I just recently turned fifty, and when I was a kid growing up, uh, you know, uh, in grade school, I probably knew very few people that had been through a divorce, even then, right? So you knew a handful, and it was still kind of this. I don't know, hush, hush thing. Oh, yeah, people you... frequently didn't talk about it. We all knew right. people, but you didn't know that they had been divorced. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. And I just think that, not that it's more accepted now, but I do think that there are themes and there are trends that has made it more acceptable. And it doesn't mean that it's any easier or, you know, it's not difficult to go through a divorce. It absolutely is. And we'll, we'll touch on that in a little bit. But for me, in my situation, we were married for, for 18 plus years, almost 19 years and together for over 20, um, have a, have a daughter, a 15 year old daughter. And, um, you know, for us, it was a situation where, uh, in order to, to be the best versions of ourselves and be, uh, the best possible parents for, for our daughter, uh, amongst other things, we, you know, we kind of made the decision that, that, we we needed it. We needed to get divorced, and we needed to to kind of go out separately and still co-parent. I'm very fortunate that um, in my situation, my my ex-wife and I are really good co-parents. Um, we have split custody. We we've split um, custody with our daughter fifty uh, fifty. Uh, we also went through a mediator and did a. A financial agreement that was that was mutually beneficial. Uh, we did not go through actual court. Not to say that there weren't times where there were uh, disagreements, but the the process that we went through was relatively uh, it was much quicker. 
And it enabled us to begin having that kind of shared custody and that one-on-one time with our daughter much more quickly Mm -hmm. and allowed us to kind of demonstrate to her that even though we were no longer married, she, our daughter, was still the most important component of, of of this now kind of new family style. And so we still sit together at our soccer games. We still communicate, you know, if not daily on, on a regularly weekly basis, we still are dealing with carpools. And, you know, if one of us has to travel somewhere, can you help, et cetera? And what we've seen is, again, in our situation, um, difficult, but our our daughter really started thriving mm-hmm. after after this this difficult transition and that was our biggest concern right was how is this going to impact our daughter and my long-winded point here is that i do think that because it is less taboo to talk about now and uh more and more people are are going through it or are coming up with alternative family dynamics that it does make it a little bit easy is the wrong word, but it makes it a little bit more palatable. So mm-hmm. it wasn't something that my daughter had friends that had parents that had you know already gone through this. And so it wasn't like a complete shock to her in terms of like, she'd never heard of this or, you know, wasn't familiar with this at all. Right. I'm actually seeing my kids help their friends through it. Yeah. Which has been really good. fascinating. They've had several friends whose parents have divorced in the last, you know, almost four years since ours. And, um, and they, have, you know, been able to offer them the necessary shoulder and talk them through and assure them that it's better on the other side. And because it, it's, um, it's so out of your hands when you're a kid, right? Yeah. You have, yeah. you have no control, but every stake in it. And so I think, especially for a young person, just, just knowing how to, you just have to get to the other side sometimes of hard things that the adults are doing. And, um, but yeah, absolutely. The well-being of the kids has to be at the top of that, that list of priorities for the adults involved. And in a lot of marriages in a lot that I've seen my own included, the best thing for the kids was to not be in the environment with those two people cohabitating anymore. You know, I mean, that was, (laughs) that was definitely it. And we were not like out loud fighters. Right. So, so people said, oh, you know, people assume like, was it, was it abusive? Mm-hmm. And you're like, not in the way you're thinking. No, right. <laughs> you know, was it, you know, high conflict and it, it actually was, but in a really dysfunctional, never going to resolve it kind of way because we didn't fight. And that was all a result of our own upbringing as everything, everything is. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I- but I, I do, I have seen in, in, our lives and in the lives of so many friends and even a, a kid like myself, whose parents decided to stay together. Um, sometimes divorce is the healthiest mm-hmm. option for everyone, including the children involved. And um, we also used mediator and oh, we also co-parent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Very, very much what you said was what we went through 50, 50 on yeah. um, custody and now live near each other. That was part of the agreement. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, so there's, there's a lot to it, but it can be done. And I know several, several people that have gone through the dissolution of the marriage. And, you know, at some point someone said, I've gotten a lot of comments, well-meaning mostly that were back in my day kind of comments. Mm-hmm. Are you hearing these? And, you know, 
it's hard sometimes not to say, yeah, back in the time that you're talking about, we weren't living this long, right? right. Back in the time you were talking about, women didn't have bank accounts. Sure. Back in the time that we were talking about, like Careers. there's just, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. And and I think that a really critical takeaway for me and part of how I approached and framed and, and reassessed everything that I had made assumptions about in my young life was understanding that marriage is a reflection of the culture that it's in. Mm-hmm. And it is a reflection of the time and it has changed throughout the course of all human history, what it is and what the point of it is and what's expected and all of these things as it's a mirror of certain things and um, a tool that is used to uh, get society where it's decided it wants to be on certain things. And I think that it's amazing when you realize, hey, I was handed a paradigm Mm-hmm. Right? I've always, I've always, always back to the paradigms. I was handed yeah, a paradigm yeah. and um, I checked the boxes and I did the thing. And as is part of human physiology and biology, 20 plus years later, life is different and I am different and the people in my life are different and our needs are different and our skill sets and everything else. And you go, all right, well, every cell involved here are two completely different human beings. And you have to be able to go back and reassess. And say, I did the best I could with what I knew when I was, and now all of that is different. So I think, I mean, that to me is, is really uh, one of the the big the big aha moments for me is that I don't care less about my my ex. I, I care differently about her now, but like what what has happened is when we got married, we were a certain age. Right. And we had certain plans and perceptions of, of what our, our life was going to be. And 18 years of marriage and, and 20 plus years together later, things just aren't the same. Like, you know, you kind of go through these these different seasons in life and there are, you know, people have their own personalities and their own approaches to things. And not to say that I didn't go to therapy. We didn't go to therapy. Uh, I, I I think there's still sometimes this like perception, like, well, you guys just you must just not have worked worked on your marriage. And, right. Right. Yeah, well, no, that that's bull. Well, <laughs> like, right. I mean, and that's yeah. an approach like it's a failure. That's an right. approach like it's a failure. But I mean, right. flip that coin. If you're the same person in your 20s, or you're the same person in your 40s that you were in your 20s, then you have failed. Right. Then you didn't grow. You didn't experience life. Then, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And to say, hey, also, I signed this contract for a lot of us in our 20s or our early 30s. Right. That is, you know, now you have to go along with all of it. And I have to go along with all of yours. And somebody is going to, in most situations, somebody's going to have to uh, really take a hit on that. And that is what the last couple of generations, I think, have said, well, that's what I did. I'm mm-hmm. going to stop growing. I'm going to stop improving. I'm going to stop. I'm not going to have my own path. I'm not going to anything because it's about this. And I just, I think it's important that it's great if you're growing down the same road, like good sure. for you, that's incredible. But for most of us, we didn't know in our twenties what that was going to be. Yeah. And and who's to say that it doesn't, it doesn't change and it doesn't evolve. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. who, who I am personally and professionally is is dramatically different than I was in my late 20s or early 30s. But, you know, I also gained so much mm-hmm. from my marriage and I don't 
I look at it um, with nothing but with fondness, you know, for the most part, I'm, obviously there were, there were enough issues that, that led to, to us no longer being together, <laughs> right, but, right. But, but the overall, the overall feeling I have is one of, of, of joy, right? I mean, we, we had an amazing daughter together and we had an incredible amount of experiences together and, and ones that, that I'll always, you know, hold, hold close to me. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I'm, I'm probably maybe get dinged on this in social media, but I'm excited about where our lives are, not just mine, but, but um, my, my exes as well. I think she's in a position uh, I, I've watched her career really blossom in the last uh, year and a half, two years. And I think some of that stems from um, not being, you know, stressed out by me, right? Like it was, we were, we were equally, we equally caused issues, right? That mm-hmm. we, we we both uh, did things that that bothered the other person. Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm proud of her. I'm glad to see that that she's uh, really expanding her growth in her career. And candidly, I think we're both better parents apart. Mm-hmm. than we were towards the the latter part when when we were together and and we you know kind of kept coming up against the same sticking points that we were having a hard time getting resolution on it's not uh totally based on how well our daughter is coping like i don't want to make that the 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 benchmark of whether or not we made the right decision or not we made the decision because it was best for us even though there may still be some pain points along the way but i think both of us know that that this was the right decision. It, mm-hmm. it, it has helped that, you know, from what we can tell and from having very candid conversations with our daughter, she seems to be thriving and she seems to be responding well uh, to, to us together when we co-parent, but then also uh, having those individual interactions that, you know, I, I I didn't feel like I was getting them as much as, as I would have liked. And that, you know, that's not any one person's fault, but I feel like I'm a better dad now or have an opportunity to to lay a I guess a more robust thumbprint on on mm-hmm. her upbringing now and I'm genuinely excited about that time with her whereas in the past I was maybe you know more resentful and and um not as facilitative as as a parent as I could have been. Yeah. Um, so yeah and, and I know that you you have kids as well and they they are a little bit younger than than my daughter, but how, I guess not to put you on the spot, but I'm curious, like how your experience has been with, with your children, especially since you've been divorced a little bit longer than I have. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely, it's like the putting your own gas mask on thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. So they, and, and there's all these silly cliches that they aim primarily at mothers, but at parents that say things like, you know, you, you can't pour from an empty bucket or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like if you are coming apart and if your life is not working in an absolute nightmare, no matter how skilled you are or how kind you are or how, you know, great you are at parenting on paper and intellectually, there's a massive impact from your own personal distress. Right. And so I I really feel like there are a lot of situations ours is one of them where everyone's kind of failing together mm-hmm. because we had to get to this point where we understood that the point of being married was not just to stay married for the sake of staying married. <laughs> it wasn't right. marriage for the sake of being married. It was marriage because there was supposed to be a partnership. 
mm-hmm. and a relationship and a place for the children to thrive and all these things. And when that's not working, you have to recalibrate. Right. And so to me, a, a successful marriage, a marriage isn't successful based on how long it is. Right. Yeah, that's a great a, point. <laughs> yeah. That's a great point. A marriage is successful based on how the people in it can thrive. And when the people in it can't thrive, then it becomes an unsuccessful marriage. Even if on paper you are still married, now now it's to the detriment of the parties involved. That's a terrible partnership. So there's a lot of stuff that you have to resolve. I was also, I was married for 18 years together mm-hmm. for 20, right? So, and I was only 22 when we got married, 20 when we got together. So um, I, I was not a mature human, like not even, <laughs> we know now you're 25 when the front of your brain's like functional, right? right. So, yeah. so I didn't know what I wanted out of anything. And, and there is this, this sense of like, okay, how do I focus on, I'm mean, focus on those positive things that the good in that relationship, what I learned, how we, when we were a team, all those kinds of things. But I can tell you that almost four years out, or I guess in just over four years since the conversation that mm-hmm. started my divorce. And it's just a, there are still moments, there are still things that will set me into this like real negative headspace, like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. And I'll feel, I'll feel a little regretful that I stayed in like I did or whatever it was, sure. you know, there's still, there's still healing happening is what I'm saying. You're much earlier in the process and to everybody out there who's going through this, there's no right amount of time for you to like be over. I'm using air quotes. No one can see be over <laughs> everything because there's nothing more personal than these kinds of partnerships and parenting and, and spouses. But at the same time, if you can go back, if you can remind yourself like, hey, we came through a thing together. I mean, we mm-hmm. all came through this thing and it's a very big thing and it's okay to take whatever time you need. And it's okay for it to, to for there to be cycles where you're down and you're up and you're down and you're up. I've had a lot of cycles where I end up making myself feel guilty because I'm doing so well. because I'm thriving, because I'm so happy to have that put into a different place in my life and to be, have gotten to move on and, and be in a space of thriving. Like I felt guilty about that. Like, oh, you're not supposed to be so happy you're divorced. (laughs) Wait a minute. No, that's okay too. It's okay to be like, Hey, I'm doing the right thing right now. So it gets complicated. And I'm one of those people that really likes to um, flog themselves at every No, not you, Katie. I am. I am. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're similar in that regard. (laughs) Right. Right. So, I mean, there's, there's, for me, there are still highs and lows, but the highs and lows are getting more leveled out over the years. Yeah. And yeah, there's, there's a lot to it, but I definitely started to have a more um, analytic eye towards what relationships are and why they Mm -hmm. are. And what am I being handed as an idea of what that relationship should be versus what have I looked at with a critical eye and decided I want that relationship to be and hold that standard. And that is with all my relationships. You know, I, I really feel I've had so many people come to me and say, Hey, this person clearly a toxicity in my life, clearly pain, clearly not someone I want to be around, but because they are my fill in the blank, yeah. right? A, a spouse, a parent, a sibling, other, a, right. Say, right? Whatever mm-hmm. that person is, the, they feel bad. They're like, I can't, I can't break it or I can't redefine it or I can't do this. And I'm like, why? Why? Well, because it's hard to get your head over the hurdle of, I need to redefine this relationship. That can be a really scary thing because you're leaping into an unknown in your mind, right? Oh, absolutely. When, when the conversation on my end, when the conversation occurred, 
and it was, we're going in this direction. I needed to find a place <laughs> to, right. to move into. Right. And it was hard. And you're like, okay, this is, this has been my life. And this space has been my life for the last, you know, 18 to 20 years. And now I'm expected to not expected. That's the wrong word. But now the, the next step in this is I need to, I need to physically remove myself from this location as quickly as possible, but still find a place that's going to be acceptable for, you know, my daughter to spend half mm-hmm. of her time. And I'm certainly not going to have the same amount of square footage and um, shoot. I don't even know if I have a couch that, you know what I mean? It's just like <laughs> yes. All oh, these yeah, yeah. things just like start. It, it's like this, this snowball effect of, Okay, this this is happening, and um, I'm I'm you know a nearly fifty year old that's going to be living on my own again, and um, having to try and navigate all that was was certainly challenging. Uh, the one the one thing I'll kind of share with our listeners is that I mean no no bones about it, it was certainly challenging, and there was a lot of difficult conversations along the way. But one thing that we continue to do is we still have a, a text thread that's uh, uh, my uh, ex-wife, my daughter, and myself. And we routinely communicate through that channel. It's mm-hmm. not to say that we don't have one-offs with our daughter. We definitely do. But when there's kind of general things or things that are going to impact this new fam- familial unit, you know, we try and communicate through that through that thread to demonstrate that we still can communicate, we can still have, you know, resolutions. Um, there, there's been things that have kind of popped up that uh, I have found out through that thread. And then I've used that as a, hey, contacted my ex and said, hey, you know, we probably need to talk about this one-on-one, right? Like this, this probably shouldn't be something that right. sh- should have been brought up this way. How can we, how can we do better next time? Um, and so, you know, what I'll say is for people that are out there that are maybe going through this or are struggling with it, communication is really important. Even though that you're you're going through a, a dissolution or, you know, a divorce or a separation, uh, and maybe communication was one of the issues that you struggle with, which is leading you down this path. My advice is don't just cast it away and just write it off as like, well, we're screwed. You know, we're not very good at communicating. It's really important that you continue to try and make efforts and and be heard and hear that person if you want to be able to continue to try and make it a somewhat. If you of a ever want to get to yeah, if you want to get to a, a place in life where everyone can be remotely comfortable yeah. around each other, it is a very hard thing for people to be rejecting each other. It frequently feels one sided, yeah. right? And for people to be rejecting each other when you have had the most intimate of life experiences with these people, that is an yeah. incredibly painful rejection. That no matter how much trouble you've had with with a spouse, that's not easier. Like because the the reality is always that person has seen it all, heard it all, and done it all with you. And with you, right. Right, right. right. They know and you. I mean, they there's know a lot. Backwards and forwards. Right, right. Yeah. There's a vulnerability there that is pretty much unmatched. And that actually leads into some of the stuff I wanted to bring up. So like the concept that I would like us to put in front of people's minds as they approach this subject um, is the idea of relational safety and what relational safety is. So this is like a really quick tutorial just to, to get you to you know look some stuff up. Relational safety, whether it's physical safety, emotional safety, intellectual safety, this is the thing that makes relationships someplace people want to be, Mm -hmm. right? So 
in most relationships, we understand physical safety as a thing. Mm -hmm. We get that. Like our society appropriately shames people who abuse their spouses. Right. That's a very, I know there's a, don't write me, don't at me. I know there's a million exceptions to that, but the idea is we know physical abuse. We have some understanding of the most blatant of other abuses, emotional mm-hmm. abuse, right? A little bit about intellectual, but that safety that you have in a relationship where you are all the way to safe to disagree, you always give each other the benefit of the doubt. You are on that person's team. You still respect them when you think they're wrong, right? Right. That's a huge, huge thing is, do I respect this person when I think they're wrong? And how do I get there? And do I expect that back from them? But the concepts of relational safety go so far beyond just physical safety. It is also being emotionally safe where you can be completely honest about your emotions. You can be completely honest intellectually and and true to what you believe. You you have that safe space to work through stuff that you aren't sure about. It's okay to say you don't know about things. That level of safety makes every relationship better, not just spousal. It's that way with your children. It's that way with your your coworkers. It is that way with your friends and with your your other family. Mm -hmm. Um, But in a marriage, it is the difference between people reporting a fulfilling marriage by the standards that our generation would hold as relationally safe and, and not. It is enormous. So as you deal with your spouse, you know, if you are like, oh, I can't say that, they'll blow up at me. Right. That's a huge red flag. <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah. that's okay. So you guys are already at a point where you there's your there's your assignment. There's your work. How do you get to the point where you can have complete relational safety with someone if you're going to be in? And I personally disdain the expectation of that there is any intimacy at all in any relationship where I don't have those things. Like sure. just absolutely not. You know, I I will shut down so fast and I'll do whatever dance I have to do. But that is just a matter of great importance to so many people. And into what you said about how you guys do the mechanics, the communication Mm -hmm. in order to co-parent. That is one of the things when I got divorced, we we did have attorneys to represent us at mediation and they hand you these packets and they there's a list of do's and don'ts in the packets. If you're considering, if you're going through some kind of split and you have not ever been handed one of these packets, some of it feels like absolute common sense, but some of it is stuff that we all see people violate all the time. You want to be right. like, listen, if you're a mature human being, here are the rules of this. You never say anything negative about the other parent to the children or around Correct. the children, period. Right. You don't. Those kids know that that is their parents. So they have internalized that person's identity, mm-hmm. right? So you can talk to them about characteristics you like or don't like in other people, but you never say something positive or negative about the parents specifically yeah. because the, the kid will, even if they don't understand it as such, will take it as a personal shot, yeah. as a shot at somebody who made them. So yeah. that's a huge thing. Never post anything about it on social media. No, I agree. I yeah. agree. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did you get divorced in Indiana or did you get divorced in another state? I got, I had moved recently to Indiana when okay. I got divorced. Yeah. Did you have to do the, um, <laughs> the, like the divorce class for parents? It was like an online class. I don't know if they had that when you went through it or not, if it was a relatively newer thing. No, actually they had it. I don't remember if we had to go through it or we, we just had to sign paperwork we, about it, it man- but it was a thing. 
it was mandated that we had to go through it and not together, obviously, but you had to, you had to take this class and show proof of, of going through it. And I think we did. I think we took it. <laughs> it was kind of a blur back then. Uh, yeah. I, and I, I understand, well, I won't, that's a, another show topic, but um, <laughs> I, I found it to be uh, kind of a colossal waste of time, but I, but I, you know, it's just like one more thing that you have to like check a box yeah. in this particular state in order to, but you know, uh, there are people who don't know the stuff that's in that class. Who are doing that yeah, stuff? Yeah, I guess that's I guess why that's it's kind fair. of aiming at the lowest, the lowest denominator. I in guess. Those yeah, yeah, it just was like one more, one more thing that that, that I kind of had to you know go through that I was like, this is really awful. Now, <laughs> my ex and I, we've subsequently kind of like chuckled about it because we we're like, yeah. yeah, you know, there was things in there were like, well, at least we weren't this bad. I mean, we were like, <laughs> right. Like we'd, right. <laughs> we'd be out somewhere and, you know, like a, our daughter's soccer game or whatever. And we're like, well, at least we weren't like the people in that example. I mean, we were kind of right. joking about it just because it was like so over the top with some of it. And maybe it's maybe it's not for some people, but for us, it certainly was really, really off the reservation, some of it. But it, anyway, so I know this has been kind of a, an interesting and, and challenging topic, but um, we would love to hear any feedback that you guys have as listeners and in, in case we decide to do a follow-up show on this. I, I know that Katie has a lot of thoughts on relational safety and, and that could be, <laughs> well, that, I mean, that could be its own show topic Can you as tell? Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but so if you, uh, if you are interested in engaging more about this topic, we encourage you to, to check out our social media. Uh, Instagram is Katie and me podcast, or you can reach us on Twitter at Katie and me pod or on LinkedIn. It's the Katie and me podcast. And Katie is always spelled K-A-T-Y. Uh, we would love, we'd love to hear your feedback and and uh, any show ideas that you might have for the future as well. As always, Katie, great talking to you. Any final thoughts before we sign off for today? No, it's just so good to be back to this. And I can't wait to hear from people. I love the feedback. <laughs>